Hello, happy October, and welcome to a new series where your beloved After Dark host, Olivia Broussard, and friend of the show, Kurt Franklin, dive deep into the dark world of video game creepypasta. What draws us to invent horror in the recreational realm of video games where we're meant to find joy? Are explorations of darkness a necessary component to thoughtful consideration of art? Who should you call when you find yourself in need of a cartridge exorcism? These topics and more, all to be explored this Halloween season on No Cartridge. Are you afraid of the after dark? for our show after this. <laughs> it's Curtains Franklin for it's the show. Curtains Franklin. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta do my Twitter name. Um, I am, of course, Olivia Broussard at AV Glove on Twitter. Um, and joined, as always, um, by on Kurt these, Franklin. On, <laughs> by Curtains Franklin on this Curtains Franklin. <laughs> on this frightful night. I do like that this is coming out on Halloween. I, I like mean, that too. I, I, I hope nobody goes out on Halloween. They just listen to this. <laughs> if you're if you're listening to this on Halloween, thank you very much. You're who this episode is for. Everyone else, get better. Uh, yeah, do better. Do, do better. Year. Put this episode on a USB drive and hand that out to kids. <laughs> Put it in the middle of some Twizzlers for kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so this is our, we've, we've gone through creepypastas this month and we're finally, uh, on our last episode. I, for one, am sad. This is, um, I have mixed feelings. I am excited about this episode, but the places we've been, the places we still could go. The things we've learned, the forbidden knowledge that we've dallied with. <laughs> Who knows what uh, what curses we have taken upon ourselves for the um, the haunted games that we have talked about the um, forbidden fruit of gaming in general. I feel like talking about gaming for too long is bound to end up in heartache, and we have just just we dive right into the dark, dark heart of it. We do, um, with no concern for our own safety. No, we did this for y'all. Yeah, we're just yeah, trying to make a good t- podcast. 
We didn't do this for us. This isn't a vanity project. We wanted to deliver the truth of these games to y'all. And I feel like in some ways we've succeeded. I think so as well. But (laughs) we've got one more to go. We have got one more to go. So this month we have looked at, well, we looked at Kill Switch last week, which was the first um, story that we talked about that was just a completely original game. But otherwise, we've looked at some major franchises. We have looked at Legend of Zelda. When we talked about Ben Drowned, we talked about multiple Pokemon stories. Mm -hmm. And now, to maybe the man of the hour. The first hero ever. The man of the century. Yep, we're talking about Mario. It's Mario time, y'all. It's Mario time, y'all. Um... We are talking about a story called Mario. Mario. Oh, were you like <laughs> leaning real into the mic? To do that? <laughs> Mario. Mario. Um, yeah, this is Mario. Um, and the story that we'll be bringing to you tonight is actually a real game in some ways. It's a um, ROM hack that was originally posted to SMW Central by a user, Adam. So SMW Central is Super Mario World Central, and it's a um, just a website to collect uh, Super Rom Mario hacks. World ROMs and ROM yeah. hacks. Yeah. Um, so that's where this story was posted, which is, I think, a great place to start. Um, do you want to introduce the story, Kurt? Do you want to just like take us right into it? Absolutely. I would love to. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start reading the original post by this man from, or woman, I don't know, from SMWC. Uh, here we go. Note, this is a true story and sums up what was going through my mind as I was playing this. And I had no idea I was about to be bullshitted the way I was when I played this. And I can say it is by far the creepiest hack I've played. If you were on IRC, you would have heard me talking about it as well. But anyway, it's late at night, and I don't have a lot of time. And I need to get to sleep, so this is all I have time for. It all happened on tonight of all nights. I was bored, obviously (laughs) contemplating what I thought I could do to waste time as I chatted with the people in hashtag SMWC. We had good times and shared a few laughs together. Out of boredom, I decided to patrol the hacks waiting to be moderated section. Seems that we had quite a bit, 33, if I recall correctly. The first few hacks I saw when I sorted them by date were a couple really horrible ones with bad screenshots to boot. I think, okay, yep, yep, we're here. We're in IRC, we're in um, this ROM hack world. He painted a picture for us, I feel like. Yes, we have all been the person doing questionable things online, doing things that we would not normally do if we were feeling well-rested or entertained um, online, and we are looking for ROM hacks that might not even be good. It's like mm-hmm. the the browsing, this is a, a throwback. I mean, I guess some people still use Reddit, but like in 2010, like, you feel like you've looked at everything, so you just start browsing new. Yeah, um, you just try whatever you want. It's the really yeah. questionable stuff. Just don't do it. But that's where this um, this author has taken us originally is to 
this bored night. Well, I, and I like how he says uh, on tonight of all nights. Like, what night was it? <laughs> was it like I his birthday know. or uh, maybe it was Halloween? And I feel like this comes up um, throughout the story that I get the feeling that this is almost like a gothic Victorian era gothic story. Like I think about like, um, I don't know, like the fact that like Frankenstein by Mary Shelley was like written, you know, like whenever she's like hanging out with her friends in some house one night and they were bored. It was like, you know, like the rain's coming down outside. It's like, you know, I'm so fucking bored. I'm just going to write one of the, you know, like greatest novels of all time. Yeah. I'm just going to check out these (laughs) Mario world hacks. They suck. That's the, that's the equivalent for this is like whenever you get bored and you're like looking for something a little bit spooky to do. I mean, this isn't, this isn't a spooky website. This is, um, they were just like looking for ROM hacks in general. Um, it's the, uh, what is, what is the game called? The super Mario world level creator. Super Mario. Oh, Mario Maker? Maker. Mario Maker. Yeah. There you go. Um, that game where you make Marios. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's basically the same thing. That's what a ROM hack is. It's a Mario Maker. Yes. Um, so he introduces us further to the story. He comes upon this hack that's just called Mario. And he... <laughs> all caps. All caps yeah, Mario. Yeah, all caps. Just Mario. Yeah. Um, Nothing more, nothing less. And then he's reading the description and he feels like it's just the original plot of Super Mario World, but translated very, very poorly. Um, So the description is, as you play the role of Super Mario Plumber, verify that you are beautiful, pure and sensitive to... Yeah, is that a real word? I don't know. It's... It could be. There's a lot of gibberish in this, too, where it's like it it kind of gives you the impression that something's not quite right. Um, And it just says, again, Bowser kidnapped the evil king. It is your job to save her. This hack includes six levels of very long. So it feels like this isn't going to be like a super quality game, but it's just that kind of night where even if you don't think it's going to be quality, you're just you're just that bored. You're going to try it. Right. Uh, so he gets into it, and then he sees the title screen, which, again, is nothing but the letters Mario from Super Mario World's title screen. This is this is a great game. Like, There's so many ways that it could just go. Um, I would think that probably the greatest comedic uh, ROM hack of Super Mario World would also just be called Mario. Yeah, and it would strip out <laughs> everything, and uh, you, you know you're in for a ride. It's just, I feel like the game um, that's just called Mario should just be him at his plumbing job. Mario, just by itself, sounds like a stripped-down, realistic take on the Mario franchise, a la Joker. That's right, and I feel like that Mario was the original Joker. If you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. I feel like he's a working-class hero, Mm -hmm. and um, to be determined in this story, I feel like there's room to discuss that in this story. Yeah. But lied to, pushed around, taken yeah. advantage of, rebooted maybe too many times. It's <laughs> quite a few times. <laughs> but I feel like uh, Mario's had more consistent uh, acting, more consistent portrayals. It's true. It's true. 
But maybe Mario is just like a code name. Maybe it's like James Bond. Like, oh, there's been many Marios. There's been many Mario Marios. But there's only one Luigi. <laughs> He's always been the same. <laughs> it's always just the brother of the original right. guy. <laughs> Mario never... changes, but Luigi Luigi never changes. Oh, man. Now we get into the fallout territory. <laughs> um. So, like, he's looking at the screen that just says Mario, and he's thinking, okay, well, this is a little bit weird, because usually whenever you download a ROM hack, it's, like, the hacker's name is, like, in big, bold, uh, ten places on the screen, so you know who's making it. Right, it's like, this game was hacked by XX Strife 82 (laughs) XX 69. Yeah, but that's that's not anywhere. Um, It's just Mario. It's just Mario. It's just Mario. It's only Mario. Um, that's the only thing on the screen. <laughs> so, and then, like, he goes into... And maybe you have more to say about this, Kurt. But he goes into, like, the logistics of the actual, like, opening up the download process, which I feel like... And, like, doing... Like, moving the images to different places. Like, I don't know that stuff. Like, I just... I get someone to tell me how to pirate stuff. I don't know how to pirate yeah. stuff. Um, but he goes into the logistics, which I feel like does lend some, like, believability to the story. Like... Yeah, it definitely feels... <laughs> right. He's he's kind of laying out the process. And so, if you know what he's talking about, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, this this sounds real. So, it draws you in more. Uh, yeah, so one of the things he talks about is opening up the hack, and there's two files in there. And one of them is just like a TXT text file that's really small, 27 kilobytes, and then the actual ROM file that's, again, named Mario. <laughs> and uh, usually what you would do is you'd open up the TXT file, and the hacker would say something in there like, you know, um, support for China thanks or whatever. For, thanks for like, checking me out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check out my other sweet hacks. Check Here's, out my Debian art. Right. Uh, but no, so he, so the dude who's writing it, he opens up this text file to see what the hacker has to say, but there's nothing but just kind of a bunch of indistingu- uh, indecipherable gibberish in there, like letters and punctuation, which if you've tried to copy and paste uh, another uh, coding language into a text file, kind of shows up like that sometimes. So the dude just assumes, he's like, oh, this guy must have put the entire ROM into the text file, which would just make it look like a bunch of nonsense. But he did find one thing that looked like a little bit of English amongst all the indecipherable symbols. Just in the middle of all the code, it says, find me, find me, find me, find me, over and over a few times, which is kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he doesn't know what to make of that. Uh, putting some random text into this file uh, that nobody's ever going to be able to make sense of. So, yeah, at this point, I think he decides to play the ROM, right? Yeah, he decides to play the ROM. And, like, he then, he really does go step by step, though. And he's like, and then I moved the file from this folder to this folder. And then I'm dragging to uh, ZSNES, which throwback that was definitely my emulator of choice oh yeah there was Um, another one i'm trying to remember the name of and it was like you're in rival gangs if you used one or the other mm. well and like even whenever i was going to um um start quotations pirate in quotations um 
10 star for the SNES like last year. Um, <laughs> just theoretically, if I were to do that, right. I, I originally went to like ZSNES and my boyfriend was like, why are you using that one? Like, it's not great. Like, it's not it's not the good one. This is um, all the real hackers know the good one. <laughs> I'm not a real hacker. I'm a fake gamer girl because I use ZSNES. Really which are. apparently Adam from SMC, SM, SMWC, Super Mario World Central, also is a fake gamer girl. Mm-hmm. You probably use uTorrent too, don't you? Um, I don't really torrent anything anymore. Okay, um, that was good. That was a trick question. I'm a cop, so yeah, you answered I mean, correctly. There's a you know, there's various ways of obtaining things online. Um, but that was that was also yes, my <laughs> my torrent uh, side of choice was or torrent client. App. Yeah, client. There you go. <laughs> client of choice. <laughs> yeah. Just the most basic ones. Um, but yeah, he's like going from um, telling you like looking through the text files of this ROM to like actually like booting it up in ZSNES, which everyone who's ever done that like knows that process. Right. So then he, he finally loads it up and then the title screen loaded on the website, or not on the website, on the, in the game in ZSNES. And guess what the title screen said? Uh, I give you one guess. Tell me, take a take a wild guess. Mario. <laughs> so just Mario again. Um, not Super the- Mario World. Not Mario Two. Not Mario Three. Just Mario. Just Mario. So I, I hope, I hope that everyone who's listening to this has played Super Mario World. It's very easily obtainable. I think if you have not played it before, it's still a good game. Oh yeah, um, it's a classic. It's one of the best ever. Yeah, but surely you know what the title screen looks like. You're kind of just like dawdling along, being Mario. Um, and it says Mario on the screen, but you can already see Mario. And this is how the author describes him. Mario's normal, bright, colored, and happy palette seemed, how can I put it, dull. What was once violet like red was now what seemed like gray with a slight red tint to it, and I'm fairly sure his pants were looking more gray than blue, too. I thought this was strange, and I wondered why he had decided to give Mario such a dull palette, regardless as to what his intentions were. I felt that something was wrong and not that like the palette was bad um he didn't think that it looked bad but it just felt like there was like something wrong with the hack like he's just getting into this he doesn't know that it's gonna be like spooky spooky or eerie game at all yeah but just like something something is just slightly off about this and he doesn't even fully know if like what he's seeing is the reality of things yet like he just like is playing this game after a while and being like, I don't, I don't think this is what this is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. It, it, I think this is a common theme too in a lot of these creepypastas is the the world is kind of like washed out, and especially in this one, Mario himself is kind of faded gray in a certain way. So, whenever he like first loads into this new file too. Um, he's played a million Mario hacks before, but there's always like an intro screen that describes the entirety of the plot. Um, but in this, 
hack, whenever he's reading this plot um, in the small black box, the message was almost entirely the same. But let me just read it for you. Welcome! This is Dinosaur Land. In this strange land, we find that Princess Toadstool is missing again. Looks like Mario is at it again. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> the main antagonist is not Bowser in this version. It's Mario! It's Mario himself. Mario has finally gone rogue. Well, and at this point, he doesn't even think that this is maybe intentional. It's right. just that... Uh, he still thinks this dude is kind of like translating, and it might be screwing it up. Yeah, he's seen... Like what you're saying, like whenever you copy and paste stuff from different places, like it just seems a little bit scrambled. Um, so that's kind of like what he's seeing from this and thinks that it might just be like a, I don't know, like a translation error. But it right. appears that Mario is the antagonist of this game. Yeah, just from reading the, the weird hack. And so at first he starts to uh, play it. Uh, after he's kind of taken this knowledge in and he, he comments throughout the thing about this is so wild and twisted. Uh, he's obviously upset by the fact that Mario could be the antagonist. Um, so he finally gives it a shot. Uh, he, like, like Liv said, he's played countless hacks. He enters the overworld of this, uh, of Mario and, uh, everything looks normal. Same level pass, same music, but mm -hmm. all the level names are different which is very telling. Uh, instead of Yoshi's house, which is like one of the very first levels you go into, uh, it's now just simply Yoshi's. The house part was gone. Uh, which seems pretty strange, I guess, because why would you change that if you're not going to change anything else? Yeah. And like whenever he goes into the house, the whole house that's normally there is gone. There's none of the, the smoke, the fire, the little... The little birds, like there's little Yoshi-looking children that are just scampering around. No more treehouse. No more treehouse. All that's left is a message box. And so he clicks on the message box, but whenever the message pops up, it's just binary. Ooh, and then they post zero, the binary. Zero, one, zero, one. <laughs> it's also zeros and ones. And then, like, apparently the translated binary, it's just, it says notepad. Wow. Yoshi said notepad which is uh, my favorite app by the way i love notepad it's a really good one i think that whenever i was um copying pasting this creepypasta around for us i like posting stuff in notepad it's so easy like sometimes yeah. whenever i try to remove the formatting for text it you know it doesn't work whenever you just like use control shift z or whatever mm -hmm. posting in a notepad foolproof oh yeah full absolutely proof. Notepad, great app. Um, Notepad, WordPad, got a big WordPad fan. <laughs> um, apparently Yoshi too, though. Yoshi loves Notepad. Um, great, great minds. His empty house, he has gone into a minimalist lifestyle. He's very Scandinavian now. Oh, yes. And he's only into Notepad. <laughs> I feel like it's like an Animal Crossing kind of thing where it's like, Oh, I'm really into Notepad this season. Oh my god! Yeah, you gotta get him a <laughs> you Notepad. Notepad is what's cool. Or I guess it's in Pokemon too. Is like the interviewer is like, "What's cool now?" And you're just like, "Notepad, Notepad's cool." <laughs> in Earthbound, when they ask you what your favorite thing is, oh, Notepad. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And then you get to do like PK Notepad or whatever. Mm -hmm. So then, like, he's trying to, like, be on IRC telling everyone about him, but everyone's just like, 
dude, shut the fuck up. Like, right. it's, it's just a stupid, like, bad hack. Um, so he's just getting, like, sarcastic responses in, in, um, in turn to him, like, saying that he's a little bit freaked out. He's already scared, but no one... Nobody that, seems to give a shit. I like to imagine yeah. that this guy gets in there and does this like every day. Like he finds some new <laughs> hack and it freaks him out because he's an idiot. And everybody's like, dude, just shut the fuck up, please. Like, stop. Yeah. And I think that anyone who has played a horror game, like, I'm not scared by any scary movies, but horror games are still very scary to me. But like describing them back. Like, if you described amnesia to someone, I don't think it would sound that scary. No. So like, it, I don't think anyone I, would care. <laughs> if I started texting you, I was like, oh, my God, I started playing this Pokemon game and there's no Pokemon in it. It's really freaking me out. You'd probably just say, you just shut the fuck up. Play a different game. <laughs> Turn it off. Where did yeah. you even find that weirdo? Who fucking cares? <laughs> and so that's, like, what he is going into... Um, this game like he's like trying to talk to other people which is like what you feel like is like the error and binge around is like he's taking this all onto himself right but this person is like trying to talk to people about it they're just like shut the fuck up dude (laughs) like i don't (laughs) care and he's also like commenting on like the things that make video games scary so he he's saying that whenever he first enters a level, he's greeted by the insanely loud clown car sound that Bowser's like flying clown face plant thing does. Um, and he's like, my headphones are on pretty high and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> and like now I'm even more scared. Um, and this is a very, very, very relatable feeling because that's like the one thing that gets me. Like if I. Oh, like unexpected sounds and noises. Yeah, like anything that spooks me, like I still get spooked, even though I don't get scared. But I think that um, the reason that playing horror games does scare me so much is because I always have headphones on and like that surround sound spookiness. Right. Um, It's the immersive part of it. Yeah, (laughs) it's creepy. Um, And there's a part of it, too, that's creepy when you got headphones on because you can't hear the real world. So something could be, like, right behind you in real life, you know? Oh, my gosh. And, like, sometimes I'll be sitting at my computer and I'll be playing something and then all of a sudden I feel something on me. And it's, like, my cat climbing up on me, but I don't hear her coming up because I have my headphones on. Yeah, that's awful. And then it touches you and you get scared. Oh, man. Yeah. She's too much. Um, So I'm on the same page as this guy. Yeah. I would be the annoying person in IRC. Everybody else is probably talking about cool stuff, like going on dates. And he's like, oh, my God, I found this ROM hack. (laughs) Is that what you think is really happening in the Super Mario World Central IRC? Is that everyone's talking about their cool dates? Oh, absolutely. That's like, you know, that's the hub for cool kids in the ROM hack community. They're the jocks of the ROM hack community. Maybe that's... Maybe that's the truth. Maybe it's SMWC stands for Super Mario World Chads. Yes. Oh, my God. Now uh, there's our next podcast series, I think. Yeah. What do you think the what do you think the opposite of that is? What are the the dweebs of the the ROM hack community? Oh, man. Who would this? I guess maybe I'd go back to Earthbound. Those nerds. No, I like Earthbound. Uh, 
They're all just depressed. I don't think that they can even be dweebs because anyone who's like really into Earthbound is depressed. That's true. It's too into looking into your childhood and into your identity to be anything but like if you're very into it. It's the it's the Chad meme versus the Virgin, you know. Yeah, I think that I think that Earthbound people are Chads. They're just sad Chads. Sad Chads. I have always searched for a way to describe myself, and now I think I found it. I think that maybe maybe people who didn't get into um, into like editing any kind of games until like Gary's Mod or like Team Fortress Two. Oh yeah. Um, mods are kind of the dweebs of the do you think we can even consider them the dweebs of the ROM hack community I don't know I don't know what it would be we're gonna do some research you know who I really think it is and like no judgment but people who like edit in celebrities to Stardew Valley that's the kind of stuff that I'm like you need to take a step away from the computer either that or just go to fanfiction.net yeah just read a book or chill chill out relax yeah anyway if you like doing that then more power to you yeah you're awesome especially if you're listening to this (laughs) it's really cool and especially if you're listening to this on halloween yes but i do think that maybe there's um there's maybe communities out there that would better service your needs and that's really my only comment you're Mm. totally fine um, but you're just not a Chad, like Super Mario World. Right. It's no judgment on you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> he's entering the level for the first time. And other than the music, everything seemed to be the same, um, except for some of the little Koopas that aren't there and the dragon coins, which are the like the tall gold coins with Yoshi's face on them. Yeah. Um, which I always thought that was weird that they were called dragon coins because I never considered Yoshi a dragon, but no, that's a different he's, conversation. He's a dog. Yeah. Just a, a puppy you can ride. Yeah, just a sweet dog. Yeah. Um, so the dragon coins are there, but you can't collect them. So you can like jump, you know, like I think you can imagine this, like you're jumping to collect a coin and you just jump and the coin stays there and you don't collect it. You just go through it kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, he was thinking, okay, well, maybe I'm revisiting this level and, like, the game thinks I've already beaten it. Um, but he's, like, thinking back about the intro message now, like, why? What? What's going on with Mario? Is this game going to be in, like, Bowser's point of view? And he's like, nah, that's stupid. So I think maybe Mario did something? What did Mario do? Yeah, he starts to piece it together where he thinks, surely this must mean that Mario did something horrific and has caused the world to change. Yeah, because there's there's no coins left and there's not enemies and he couldn't really go down pipes. And he's all um, gray and dark. Yeah, and like just like from the intro message and like everything about this game... I think that, like, even if nothing else spooky has happened, it's, like, going into this game that's just called Mario and you have, like, the spooky text file at the beginning, like, you're already kind of primed for... Right. Um, you're ready for some spookiness. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he just, like, keeps going through this game and he's like, Ooh, well, the author, the author of this game, like, this is not, like, something that's, like, in the real world. This is, again, like, a ROM hack creepy pasta the author who made this is 
twisted. They're warped. And Mario did do something. Mario must have done something. Yeah. And, and he calls the game an abomination. Yeah. Um, He's really jumping to some really quick conclusions, I think. <laughs> You know, normally I feel like at this point you'd be like, okay, this is weird. I'm going to keep going, though. But he's already describing it as, like you said, an abomination, twisted, sick, disgusting. I'm telling everybody about it in IRC, and they're just laughing at me. <laughs> but the palette, the palette is disgusting. He's saying that, like, stuff is, like, greenish tan, and, like, the bright greens that were in the game are now, like, a rotting brown color. Right. And, like, vegetation that was on the ground isn't there. Um, and he finally gets to a place where he's supposed to free Yoshi. So you get to the the question mark, and, like, you open it up, and there's the Yoshi egg, and he breaks open. And then whenever you free Yoshi, he yes. says, Mario trapped me. Oh, my God. You this is horrible. sick bastard, Mario. This is horrible. Who is more a, um, just like the pure joy of childhood, the pure innocence of childhood, than Yoshi? Yoshi represents virginity, I think. Mm. Mm, think about it. Mm. We can come back to that one. We'll circle back. Yeah. We can just keep going. Um, not sure I want to revisit that one, but I, I respect you as a person. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Finally. Uh, we're only, uh, four episodes into, uh, Are You Afraid of the After Dark? And finally, I respect Kurt as a person. It happened. I'm crying. <laughs> so Yoshi tells Mario, or Yoshi tells the player, Mario trapped me. And the guy's like, oh, my God, what kind of sick and twisted hack am I playing? He thought about all the kind of different scenarios of uh, Mario attacking Dinosaur Land and doing all kinds of crazy damage to it. Uh, and to quote him in his story, he says, the author had me hooked with his sick little game. And like any, any other idiot, I took the bait and kept coming back for more. <laughs> I feel like this guy read like a Dashiell Hammett novel before this or something. It, it kind of reads like a pulp detective is narrating it. <laughs> I think it's I think it's good. I think that we're all gamers and we know what he's talking about. Oh yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like where is this uh, this verbiage coming from? Like this, these specific phrases. Yeah, he's very dramatic. I like. I dig it. It makes it different than a lot of the more boring ones that try to keep it real straightforward. Yeah, and I don't know if we mentioned this already, but this story is, like, one of the longer ones. Like, he's definitely, like, thinking about making it more literary, I think. Um, making it more long form and having... There's more, like, turns of phrases, I guess, yeah. in the story. Using his thesaurus, things like that. Yeah, and, you know, good for him. Good for him. <laughs> um, And so, like, he's coming up on upon a new message box and he's like... Oh, God damn it! Here we go again. It's not going to be normal. It's going to say some crazy shit. <laughs> and so he does, like, eventually, like, click on it. And there's, like, all of the text, mo all of the text boxes in this game are, like, um, 
I hate you. Point of advice, I hate you. Is there anything I can do to change your mind? Point of advice, this is the selfish way out. So, like, they're all, like, not directly, like, violent or, like, directly creepy, but they are unsettling. Yeah, and they, um, like, allude to some certain kind of, like, uh, like darkness. Like, there was a few earlier, I think, that were, like, go back or no way out or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so, he's, this guy is going bananas, re- like, reading all these, these messages. He's fully baited, um, which he admits to. Um, but he's like, change my mind? What did I change my mind about? Is this about Mario? What did he do? Is Yoshi talking to me through the, the message boxes? Is this game about me? About me playing the hack? Is this about me and talking to me through the message boxes? Either way, it's it's backstory about um, if it's Mario or about me. I have to keep going, even though I know I should have quit. <laughs> this dude's really going through it in real life, I think, too. Yes, and a- you know that he's, like, going at it in IRC, too. Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably the most believable thing in this. It's like you don't see other people, like, going bananas with their, their gamer friends online, which that's what happens. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You have to go through it with your pals. He even says at this point where he's like, uh, at this point, the channel I was in, it was nothing but me posting findings and messages (laughs) from the hack so others could experience what I was experiencing. The channel, sadly, was unusually inactive. Seemed like no one really cared or wasn't around. I felt alone. It's really weird how when this dude starts talking, the, the channel becomes not active, you know? And it's weird. It's not like we've ever, like... Surely none of you gamers have ever been in a chat where suddenly someone is posting like 15 messages in a row. Somebody is losing their damn mind. <laughs> They're losing their damn mind in a game and everyone else is like, dude, we already told you we have not played that game. We also <laughs> just do not care. Nobody um, gives a shit. And we, I feel for Adam in that way. Yeah, I feel for him too. Because uh, we've all been there. I think we've all been that person, so... We have a little bit of empathy. It's hard whenever you're playing a game um, and you want to lose your shit and there's no one to lose your shit to. Oh, my God. There's something so good about losing your shit together with a community. So Mm -hmm. when you're doing it alone, it just sucks. Yes. And so I don't blame Adam. Adam, the first Chad. Mm. So he's... So, yeah, a lot of this is him describing the different levels he goes through. And he gets really in detail about, like, the differences between the real game and the hack and how things should be there, but they were missing and how it just feels frozen. He's, he describes it as lifeless and barren. Like, there's nothing in these levels at all, some of them, except just walking to the end through the goal, which is very weird. And I can see how that would give off, like, a creepy vibe and make you want to talk about it. Yeah, so he he just keeps, like, getting more and more just weird levels and like all of them are just like a little bit slightly off like instead of um the first world castle opening and being called number one iggy's castle now it's number one go back um so everything's just like a little bit off but it's not like 
It's not like some of those creepypastas that you read and then it's like, and Sonic was bleeding from his eyes. Like, there's none of that. But everything's just slightly off and um, unsettling, especially whenever you're feeling like you're stumbling upon something new. So he's, like, gotten this ROM hack out of, like, just, like, the fresh, unsorted ROMs. Um, And so, like, feeling like you're stumbling upon something new is... Definitely spookier than, like, whenever you've prepared for yeah. something to be weird. Well, yeah, especially if you're a dude who plays Mario ROM hacks, you're probably used to a certain level of mm-hmm. similarity of, of things. Because, I mean, you know, there's only so much you could change about a Mario game. So when this stuff is, like, not there or completely different or it's really kind of throws you off, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. Like you, I guess expect. I don't know what the the Mario ROM hack community expects, but I feel like it was probably like the proto Mario Maker. Like you kind of like expect like challenging levels of like kind of just the normal game. Oh yeah, like um, Mario Maker, where the people have the really difficult levels or like the yeah. cute gimmick levels. So I feel like it was just the. Yeah, the original form of that. And so that's kind of probably what he was anticipating. And probably people did take out stuff like certain text boxes and stuff then just to because it wasn't necessary to the to their goal of the game. So right. like he's kind of like figuring out like, okay, is this weird because it's just been edited poorly, or is it weird because it's supposed to be weird? Yeah. And he eventually gets to, like, the Iggy Castle, and he's like, this was, like, easier than it's ever been. This is the fastest I've ever beaten him. And he just, like, fell into, Iggy fell into the lava. So Iggy, um, I guess if you aren't familiar with Mario, is, like, one of, like, the little uh, Bowser gremlins. Um, which I guess I don't know enough about Mario lore. Is Iggy a, a child of Bowser? Yeah, I think he's one of his kids. And if not, will be corrected swiftly, I'm sure. Um, big shout out to, I'm sure this was covered in Mariology by our dear friend Alec Roth. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be very disappointed in this. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, I'm sure that Alec knows the answer to this, and I'm very sorry, Alec. Mm. Um, anyway, Iggy fell into the lava and... Whenever the, um, so at the end of like beating one of like, we're just going to call them Bowser's kids. Yeah, that's definitely, it's a hundred percent one of Bowser's kids. (laughs) So whenever he, um, you get to the end of a castle, you get like one of like these like Yoshi egg things pop out and it's like a little rescue scene. Um, and then you like dynamite the castle down. So Whenever he gets to this rescue scene, he gets the thank you from the egg, but the the text that pops up at the bottom says, Victim number one, eyeballs were unable to be found. The victim was found lying on her carpet. Causes of death unknown. Hand marks with unidentifiable fingerprints were found all over the corpse. Pardon? <laughs> I like uh, my favorite part is causes of death unknown. Eyeballs were unable to be found. <laughs> yeah, like there's, um, there's, I have some theories. Oh, yeah. I do have some theories about the causes of death. Uh, yeah, I've got some ideas. Yeah, but this guy is just like, he is 
still going through it. He's just like, what the fuck is wrong with the guy who made this rom? He's like, who is the victim? Is it Princess Toadstool? I love her so much. Why is this her? What did Mario do? Yeah, he immediately <laughs> just starts assuming it's Princess Toadstool, even though there's not even, there's not, it's not even a, the victim isn't gendered in the description at all. No, it says it was found lying on her carpet. Oh, I see. It was Princess Toadstool's carpet, but a different victim. That's well. That could be a whole other story. Hmm. Interesting. It was a a frame job. Clyde situation. (laughs) Um. So that's kind of like where the story is going. Um. And then he, he. There's just like. This is the level of the game. It's just, like, spooky and weird stuff happening. Um, But he finally gets to this thing that says um, he's either, like, he he can't escape the void. There's no way out of here. One says, one text message says there's no way out of here. And one says, fly away. Spooky. Mm. And then the other box. The other box. Says doors. No. No. No, it doesn't. There's a there's a screen in the game that's just like multiple doors. Um, oh, I thought they said the, as follows. Okay. <laughs> the image um, image name. The I image see. Name is doors. Wow, this uh, is the creepiest pasta of all. <laughs> me being confused at the. <laughs> I feel like that's been a uh, recurring theme <laughs> right. in this series. It's very much so. It's just you speaking with your whole chest, uh, something that is just like the name of something in a file. It's absolutely wrong. (laughs) That is spooky. Um, But no, he thinks that these are like, um, like this guy is taking everything metaphorically. Like he is all in on this game. He's like. It's telling me there's no way out. I'm going to have to stay in hell forever. Or it says I can fly away, which means I could rise up and go to heaven. Like, he is all in on this game. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's eventually taken to a level with just a black background and a small door. Um, So the small door is like the one that little... um, Not baby Mario, but there's like short Mario and tall Mario in Super Mario World. Right. It's like those and, little double doors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, the game event immediately gives him a mushroom, which makes him into Big Mario, and so he can't even go into the little door. Um, so he just, like, keeps walking. Like, everything is very, like, black and empty, abyss. Um, and there's tons just, of these doors, too, right? Yeah. You can't enter just, any of them. There's doors forever. You can't go into any of them, which is such a nightmare. Terrible. Um and eventually he gets to a dead end and he um, he just keeps trying to go and eventually like it lets them through. It acted like a pipe, even though there's no pipe there, just did like the pipe animation. Um, and it looks like he's just going into darkness. And then he's taken to a small room with what seems like a pit and a wall. Take us out, Kurt. Take us out of the story. I jumped down the pit, seeing as how there was no other option though I found that the bottom of the pit was solid. I tried pressing down in a bunch of areas until I came across a pipe. Mario slowly did the pipe transition downwards off the screen. Expecting another level, I waited. But there was no more. Just a black screen. I was unable to continue. Unable to pause or exit the level, or even move. 
there was nothing. Nothing at all. This was the video game representation of death. A crash. Mario had died. After playing, I think I finally understand what was happening. I believe Mario was atoning for his actions, eventually being plummeted into a hell that looked exactly like Yoshi's Island, where he was lost to the grip of death forever. I was finally done playing and quite relieved at that. The nightmare was over. Activity on the IRC seemed to be back up again. I quickly shared my tales with the rest of hashtag SMWC and typed this documentation of it. If you feel daring enough, you too can witness my tale firsthand. Remember, guys, it's only a hack. It can't hurt you. Or can it? Dun dun dun. Oh my god, what a flair for the dramatic. I love it. Or really? can it? Really? Um, and it has the same... So that that's the story of Mario. That's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Um... Eventually, there's this aftermath of a story whenever... It's a postscript. Yeah. Well, not even a postscript by the author. The administrator of SNW Central um, was looking through the file because this was something that was literally uploaded to the website. This wasn't just like a creepypasta written as if something had been uploaded to the website. There was actually um, this ROM hack posted on the Super Mario World website. Um so the administrator of the forum recognized the, the text file that um, Adam had mistaken for the ROM image and converted it into text as a JPEG file um, and then manually converted it back into a JPEG. But the result was very, barely viewable. And you could only see the, the very, very top of this image. And so he like did a reverse Google search, um, which was more difficult at that time than it is now. Um, and then, so he found a result that was relevant. That was like the the thing that it was taken from. And it's like this horrifying face. It's so creepy. Oh yeah. You got to look this up or maybe we could put it on the key art or something. I don't know, but it's like this real creepy. It almost looks like an alien, but it's red or something. I don't even know. Yeah. It looks like a kind of like a, one of those like, Japanese theater mask. Oh, yeah. But like, like red. And no mask. Yeah. It's um, screaming. Yes. It's very, very spooky. Um, just very poor. Like the texture of it's just disgusting. Um, so that's the aftermath. Like there's like more to the actual ROM hack than was just what was written. Um, that like the administrator of the website found. Which is very cool. Yeah. It's right. a little bit of an extra Easter egg of terrifyingness. Kurt. Yes. What is your main takeaway from this game? What do you, or from this story? What do you think? I think this, uh, I think this dude made this hack and uploaded it himself and then typed this all up. Well, yes. That <laughs> yeah. is, that is correct. That is 100% what happened here. Uh, but no, it's cool. There's a lot of the little details too. You could kind of read some stuff into like at the end when he's can't go through any of the tiny doors. And so if you start to think about the, the author talking about this is some kind of version of hell for uh, apparently a Mario that is some kind of a mass murderer. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. You can start to think about the different reasons why all these representations of hell are there. 
it's pretty hellish to have a mushroom that makes you too big mm-hmm. to escape. Like maybe that's Mario. Yeah, it's very was, nightmarish. Yeah, he was so uh, lustful for the power of the mushroom that he didn't escape when he should have, and that led him to kill everything. Yeah, well, I think that it just, like, goes along with the whole overall feeling of the story where, like, something is just, like, slightly off. And, like, that is kind of like a nightmare scenario, like, um, that your body isn't right for the things that it's meant for. Yeah. And in, in the... Um, Looking at, like, a video game, that's what Mario's body is meant for. It's small to go through small doors and big to go through big doors. Yeah. And, like, you have a little bit extra life if you go through – if you're big. Um, Mario's body horror. It, yeah. It is, It is. I think, what you can get closest to in, tor- in terms of body horror or, um, like, the horror of dysmorphic thoughts in terms of a Mario ROM hack. Which you can't really say it's elegant here, but it's definitely what's possible in terms of the game. Yeah. And the the atmospheric stuff, too, It's uh, lends itself to the hellish nature of it. And, you know, give them some credit for not being real obvious and putting, like, flames and devils and stuff in it. Parts of it read more like a, like a David Lynchian kind of thing, almost, where stuff's just weird. And yeah. it makes you uncomfortable. You never get the full answers for anything, like... It, it starts from the beginning, like, and what we were talking about, like, how he introduces it. It's, like, kind of just gothic. Like, there's just something slightly off and eerie about it. And, yeah, it says, like, he, he trapped Yoshi. But you're also, like, playing as Mario and freeing Yoshi. Right. Um, But you're, like, this discolored Mario. So something is just, like, slightly off about, like, you're actively playing this game and actively trying to free Yoshi and you're actively trying to free Princess Toadstool but it's like you're playing this game and while you're trying to be a good person it's telling you no you've already like you are so deeply disgusting of a person like you're the person who trapped these people and who killed these people in the first place yeah yeah horrible Mario the murderer it's a lot of things that are interesting to me about these creepypastas is that they're they're written by younger people, like, you know, teenagers, um, early 20-somethings. And it's a cool way to see how a lot of the literary uh, tricks and things that they've learned at school over the years and how they start to apply them to video games. Like, it's it's kind of interesting to think about how this is their artistic expression, even if it's kind of silly and cliche to think that Oh, the first thing I'm going to do is make Mario a murderer. But it's really, it's them kind of using the lens of video games to create an, create art through kind of like they've had to read their whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the, and that's something that um, seasoned authors do is like, I mean, like, how many times has, like, the Bible been reworked into great literature? And it's just, right. like, because, um, like, the novelist had grown up in the church. And so, like, I don't think that there's anything that's necessarily more enlightened about reworking the Bible because you were raised in a church versus reworking video games because you were raised playing video games. It's the stuff that was 
important to us whenever we first formed thoughts and whenever we first formed our ideas about the world and fears and anxieties. And so I think that not that this is like the great novel of all time, mm-hmm. but that there's nothing inherently um, wrong or um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I like I like reading these. Yeah, me too. And they're usually brief, which I like. <laughs> <laughs> so this one was not brief. What are you saying here? <laughs> oh no! Well, I mean, brief. Com- I'm comparing it to things like uh, oh, like a full form novel or like fan fiction. Like fan fiction writers sometimes really gotta gotta learn how to get an editor. Yeah, well, sometimes it works out for them. It does. You know, to, it turns into Twilight. Write. Yeah. Yeah, Twilight was a fan fiction. Yeah. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey was a fan fiction. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of instances of that. Um, so we have talked this month about, well, not so much Kill Switch because that was an original story. Um, but we talked about how Legend of Zelda, that really made sense because Majora's Mask was already a creepy game for that to kind of spawn like a horror story. We talked about how Pokemon like Lavender Town was already kind of scary and that there's like these um, already kind of height um, incidents with uh, Pokemon in terms of like the, the seizures that people were having from watching the anime and just like Lavender Town was creepy and people were just like talking about it at school and it was very prone to having legends what do you feel about Mario in terms of like those kinds of things? Like what about Mario makes it grounds for a horror story? I don't think there's a lot, uh, which I think is an interesting thing about this one. I feel like Mario is, I mean, it's so cartoony and cute Mm -hmm. and like even, you know, all the weird animals and the relationships between all the characters are so not described at all that it just feels very, very sanitary in a way. So to try to make something horror out of that, it's just kind of interesting in and of itself. And I think it was a little corny that he gave like a, uh, like a body description of Princess Peach or whatever. <laughs> like, I feel <laughs> like that was putting too much of a pin on it, but it's, uh, it's an interesting it's interesting to think about. Yeah, and I feel like whenever I read the story, which I don't want to step on anyone's, you know, like, you know, like if you love Mario, I fully understand. Like I I love playing Mario, and I hope that this will not offend anyone. But I think that what's interesting about this story to me is Mario really doesn't have like that much of a personality. Right. Um, That's like why it's kind of like a blank has slate. A personality, yeah. Mario yeah. is a blank slate. So whenever there's this horror story and it's telling you Mario did something wrong, Mario's kind of like a blank slate. Like it feels a lot more personal. It feels like it's about you playing it. Like I feel like whenever you're Mar- you're playing a Mario game, you're just Mario because there's no um, Mario doesn't really have any personality characteristics besides just being Italian and excited. Yeah. Um, and so besides being Italian, like I, I can relate to him and it's kind of just like you feel, you feel like you are Mario and he's just, he really is just like a blank slate. Like it's just you playing a game and right. he's just 
something you're piloting rather than playing someone else's story. Like it's not like a narratively driven story. Yeah. It's a vehicle for the gameplay usually. And so they try to keep it as, you know, non, uh, story lore filled as possible. Yeah. There's not really like a significant about, okay. If you would like to, Again, if you are interested in Mario lore, just you, you gotta know, search. check out Mariology. You gotta check out you gotta check on Mariology on YouTube. Whole series, great stuff. Um, but whenever something is talking about Mario did something wrong, it feels so personal. It feels like it's implying that you're the villain in this story. Yeah, and so you're like, wait, what the fuck did I do? And I think that's one reason why the author is like. Is this really about Mario doing something wrong? Or is it saying that I'm doing something wrong by even playing this hack in the first place? Right. Just by the act of experiencing it, you're doing something wrong. And maybe that's the story of playing video games. Oh, my God. You just uncorked a big one right there. (laughs) Anyway, we're telling you, stop playing video games immediately. Stop wasting your life. (laughs) You're doing something very, very wrong. (laughs) Right. And also, if you do something in a video game, it's because you would do that in real life. That is true. That's that. <laughs> that's been shown to be true. Um. Anyway, that's that's Mario. Um, I think that it is an interesting story. I think that it does do things well, and I think that the story wouldn't be as effective if it was something that did have a little bit more characterization to the the player yeah um the the character that you're piloting because you wouldn't feel as like upset because like suggesting that mario did something wrong does feel like a suggestion that you did something wrong because mario doesn't have any real like feelings i don't know wow no morality yeah so his morality is your morality so you're having to to face things in yourself if you're having to face things in mario yeah cool wow. wow we have gone through some creepy pauses this season we definitely have i feel like we've hit some highs and some terrifying lows mm-hmm. what do you think was your your favorite story this season uh i i think you know ben drowned is definitely like the citizen kane of creepy pastas but I, I i really like kill switch Kill Switch is super cool. Yeah. I think Kill Switch, besides Ben Drowned, these were all new to me. Like, I think I had probably, like, come across Pokemon Black, but it wasn't, like, in my head as, like, something I ever, that ever crossed my mind, really. Yeah. And Kill Switch was so cool. Um, I want to play it. And, like, it was just um, a fully formed idea. Um and I feel like maybe maybe we deserve to see more um, horror stories along those lines. Absolutely. Something Which more of an original IP, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the – have you seen any horror movies about video games? I haven't. Uh, I know there was one. Wasn't there one that was totally a – you die in the game, you die in real life kind oh of thing. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes, that was Stay Alive starring Frankie Muniz, and it came out whenever I was in middle school, and I loved it. Oh, it was man. so cool. It's not a good movie. Um, 
but I loved it. It was so cool to me. And it's also, it's, um, I believe it's set in New Orleans. Oh, like even better for you. Yeah. It's like the story in the game is about like this witch who is buried at like a New Orleans like plantation or like a South Louisiana plantation house. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was so cool. Um, I think that there's more stuff that could be done along those lines, but maybe a little bit more elegantly. And mm. I don't know if it's because people aren't pitching elegant video game horror ideas or because like there's not enough faith put in the idea that like that could be good. It's, I don't know what's going on there. It's so hard to represent video games in a movie. I mean, that's true. It's, you know, like 90% of the time when they show a video game in a movie or a TV show, it just looks so fake. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like if you've, you haven't, you don't have to have played a lot of video games to know that like Tony Soprano playing the N64 with one hand, you know, <laughs> it's like, it just always kind of comes off as cheesy. So to do a whole movie based around that, but you know, I was thinking, I think Lawnmower Man, does that count as a video game horror movie? I don't know. I haven't seen that. What is that? He's kind of uh, oh, it's about this guy who is subjected to these kind of VR experiences. But oh, you really need to watch it. I think you'd like it. Uh, I think it could count, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I did watch the um, the Black Mirror episode that you were talking about. Maybe in the first or second episode of the season um, about oh. the the VR sex game. Yes, which truly, it's not like you spoiled it. But nothing else happens. It's not really a great, no. <laughs> great episode. Yeah, um, literally no that's development. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was also thinking like Bandersnatch. The did you do right. that Black Mirror? The Choose Your Own Adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, maybe not great. Like it's definitely something that's been done more elegantly by like indie game developers. Um, but it is something that's more high budget and visible. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if that means that we could expect more in the future or. Yeah, I'm not sure. What is your favorite horror movie? Oh, of all time? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're getting into after hours. Are you, are you afraid of the dark? This is a little bit of. After Dark on Are You Afraid of the After Dark? It's kind of an easy answer, but I think my favorite of all time is Evil Dead 2. Hmm. I've only seen the first Evil Dead. Oh, you got to watch Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness, which I don't think Army of Darkness counts as a horror movie, but I don't know. I think that um, I know that I would like those. Like, I love that style of, of horror movie. Like, that's what I want in a horror movie is just to see cool things. Right. Um, and I think that that's what the Evil Dead series offers is to just see cool things. Yeah, and it's very funny and at times legitimately scary, too, and funny and creepy and uh, all at the same time. It's good. Mm-hmm. And Halloween, too. The original Halloween. One of my favorites. Yeah. I'm um, I'm hoping to – I think that I'll probably try to watch that on Halloween night because my boyfriend's never seen it. <gasps> and I can't decide if we should watch Halloween on Halloween night or Trick or Treat, which is also like a very Halloween-y movie. Watch both. Well, it's on a Thursday night. Oh, um, yeah. 
And you guys are 20 hours apart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So um, maybe we'll try to like keep. I've been trying to show him uh, a lot of like classic horror movies this month. Um, But maybe we'll try to keep wrapping those up through this weekend. Yeah. Have you played many horror video games? I have. I've tried to play. So I played Amnesia and I played the. The sequel to that, the Machine of Pigs, is that mm-hmm. it? Uh, and then I played their next game that studio made. Um, oh my god, I'm blanking on the name of it right now. Let me look at it real quick. It's the one where you're, it's when you're underwater, kind of. Um, mm. Let me look it up real quick. I didn't even finish the first Amnesia, um, which seems like something that I probably should go back and revisit. Yeah, um, and it's because it's not like hard. Like, it's not like Dark Souls or something where it's challenging. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Soma was the next game I was talking about. Yeah. Have you um, played that one? No. I really haven't played that many horror games. I think that, like, I, I started playing Amnesia, but otherwise it's been more, like, spooky-themed games. Like, I don't know, like, Left 4 Dead 2 is kind of, like, spooky-themed. Right, right. Um, or I've played, like horror story games on itch like just like indie games yeah but none of like the big budget horror games have you ever played that itch game called the uncle who works at nintendo no i haven't played that oh my god all right i'll send you a link it's it's really good yeah but that was made by like i think i'm almost positive that was written by the same guy who created the smile dog creepypasta which is kind of like oh shit one of like the kings of creepypasta i yeah. believe like that that was the one that i remember seeing that image and i was like shit fuck that yeah nobody wants that's that. horrible <laughs> also dead space dead space one and two are awesome but mm-hmm. but i think it's like you said with uh, left for dead where those are more like action games with horror dress up. Yeah, and I feel like Dead Space does rely more on the horror aspect than yeah. Left 4 Dead does. Like Left 4 Dead is just kind of like I don't know. It's the window dressing. It's it's like yes. Yeah. It's kind of like the Nightmare Before Christmas of video games. Yeah. It's spooky spooky themed but not scary. Right. Um, is that something that you seek out in video games? Because you were, you were, I think this is fair to say, like, you like, you love horror movies. Like, yeah. we talk about horror movies very frequently, and it seems to be something that you follow. Do you follow horror games in that way? Or is it yeah, definitely. that whenever people kind of, like, have already hyped something up, then you check it out? Or do you seek out, like, seeing new horror games there it's a little bit of both it's the kind of thing well it works the same way with the movie you know you see a good horror movie and you try to take note of the director and then you try to keep an eye out for whatever they've got coming out mm-hmm. it's like uh, some studios some game studios are do a lot of horror like devolver digital i think's done quite a few horror games um i'm trying to pull my steam library up so i can kind of Double check. Yeah, and see if there's any really cool ones that I'm missing. Um, but no, there's. it's definitely something that I try to keep on top of, and I enjoy it a lot. Because like you said earlier, like playing a horror game gives you 
since you have control of the avatar or you know the main character or whatever or the flow of the action it adds this extra layer of suspense that makes things even creepier it's in a movie when somebody's walking into a room you're just like oh my god don't walk into that room but you don't have any control over it but if you're sitting there in control and you're about to walk into a room that you just know something's in Mm -hmm. it's it adds this layer of creepiness you know it's horrible. Like, I, I truly don't get scared watching movies at all anymore. Like, I wish I could still watch a movie that scared me. Yeah. Not that was, like, gross and gory and, like, I felt icky about, but, like, something that, like, scared me. And I don't feel that way watching movies at all anymore. But, like, video games for sure, like, I still get that feeling. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, the Resident Evil 7 was really good at that, too. Like... Just very creepy, very scary because you were in control and you never knew when somebody was going to bust out of a a wall or something. Um, yeah, very good. Yeah. I asked um, Trevor about this. So if you're listening to this a- episode and you're also going to listen to Are You Afraid of the After Dark? After Dark, you'll hear this question a bit again. But Kurt is, you know, a big time comics guy. Um, and I asked Trevor about this because Trevor also likes reading comics, but what are your favorite horror comics, if any? Do you do you like that as well? I do. Um, and the first thing that springs to mind is a pretty obvious answer. It's the Junji Ito Japanese stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just read Uzumaki, right? Yeah, that's what we ended up talking about yeah. on the other episode, too. It's it's so cool because it does give you also like kind of like that evil dead, like Hellraiser like vibe where it's like, I just want to show you some really cool stuff. I don't even need like, not that the narrative is bad, but like, that's not what it's relying on. Like it, it just wants to show you some really cool stuff. Yeah. He's a, he's so good at the imagery that sometimes you can try to read into it that there's something going on, but I, I read this interview with him, actually, and uh, he did this one short story. He, he's done a ton of short horror stories that if you just Google, like, Junji Ito short story, you can find them online. Uh, but he did this one about these, for some reason, people were compelled to start hanging themselves. And when they would hang themselves, their head would detach and become a balloon, like a giant balloon floating around. And... Somebody asked him, like, what is the, the imagery of, you know, people's heads turning into these giant balloons and trying to lure other people into the clutches of turning themselves into balloons and killing themselves, essentially? What what does this mean? Is this your way of commenting on society, blah, 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 blah? And he's, he just says, oh, I just thought it looked cool. I just thought people's heads <laughs> as balloons was cool. <laughs> it's, it's like it's just that easy, you know? It is. <laughs> yeah. And, like... Things can just look cool. Yeah. And I feel like what makes horror very important, what, like, horror is just like, if I was going to pick any genre, it's horror. And it's because, um, often stuff just looks really cool. And, like, the, especially in movies, like, it's just so cool to see the artistry that's put into, um, making, like, physical body horror effects and lighting, um, any of those like artistic values in movies are really cool. Yeah. But what makes horror important? And I think that, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say that this has been lost, but I feel like online, a lot of times people think that criticism 
is trying to find the right answer to things. And it's, it's not like criticism is trying to find, um, one lens for things. Right. It's finding your answer for something. Yeah. Yeah. And just because you say like, this is what I got out of Midsummer the movie doesn't mean you're saying this is what Midsummer means. Um, and horror allows you to look at things and project your own anxieties onto it and kind of just like put it in a blender and being able to like spit that back out at you. Right. Um, so it, it gives you a pathway to look at things. Yeah. Yeah. And so it can, I think it's just as valid to say that, I don't know, people said turning into balloons looks cool right. as to like whatever you want it to mean. Yeah, there's these. There's two ways to think about it, and there, there are the movies that the horror movies, especially that have something going on in the lair, like uh, Babadook or you know, um, oh man, what's the? It follows, you know, like where there's some yeah, kind of a like metaphor the, the going Jordan on. Fields movies. Yeah, there's you can read stuff into it. You can write a college paper about it, and it's you know, it makes sense, and that's cool. That's really that's interesting, and it's good. But then there's the movies like Evil Dead Two or you know, like some of the Nightmare on Elm Streets where it really is just like a bunch of fun blood getting shot around and crazy stuff happening, you know. It doesn't have to mean anything necessarily. Yeah, and it definitely means less. If it does mean something, it's less of like one specific thing. Like you can think about like, okay, what about, what makes this upsetting to look at? What makes this cool to look at? What does that have to do with like how I view my body or sexuality or my interactions with other people? Whereas like, I feel the, I feel like the reason I didn't like us as much, um, is because it was definitely about one thing. Um, and it doesn't give you, and it's done very, very well. Um, but like everything kind of means something. Yeah. Um, whereas it's less of like you looking at something and be like, huh. It's less like modern art where you're like, huh, why does this upset me? Why does this interest me? What does that say about me? Right. Um, like you could think about like, it forever if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, you can't be as narcissistic watching a Jordan Peele movie. It's telling you a story. Right. Um, which isn't to its discredit. Like, it's definitely just, like, a different way of um, of doing things. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I'm scared. I know. This is such a spooky Halloween night. It is. On this uh, night of all nights. On <laughs> this night of all nights. Do you have big-time Halloween traditions? What have you been doing this month to prepare for All Hallows' Eve? Now that it finally is All Hallows' Eve, that you announced a month ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I was just setting everybody up, you know, just getting everybody ready. Uh, you know, for the longest time, me and my friends would have just a huge party, Halloween party. We'd all do elaborate costumes. But it's tougher to do that the older you get. Uh, even though I did go to a party this last weekend, and I was Anakin Skywalker. Which was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have the rat tail? Well, so I was Anakin in episode three. Once he's graduated beyond just mere Padawan. The rat tail symbolizes the Padawan, you see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is why you have one in real life, but you didn't have it for the costume. Exactly. I just tucked it up under my collar. (laughs) Tucked it into your hair. (laughs) 
Are you excited about directing the new Star Wars trilogy? I'm very excited, and I'm excited to announce that on this podcast. Uh, thank you for breaking that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I, did I spoil something? No, no, it's okay. It was. Uh, I was just waiting for the right moment to talk about it. Uh, you know, they, they took the Game of Thrones guys. Uh, I guess they finally showed their ass enough where they, they made the right choice, and they're giving it to me. I'm very excited. How are you going to be able to balance your your role playing Hawkeye in the, the Marvel films with directing the new Star Wars trilogy. It's definitely a challenge, but the skills I've learned throughout my life as a gamer, uh, if there's one thing I'm good at, it's doing two things at once. It's like hitting the A button and the D pad at the same time, you know? Yeah. You're, you're multi-boxing real life. Exactly. (laughs) Do you have any, we could go forever and hopefully Hopefully, this is not the, this is the end of Are You Afraid of the After Dark, the Creepypasta series for October 2019 for the No Cartridge podcast. But hopefully, this isn't the end of us um, discussing horror and video games. Yeah, we have some thoughts on that, that we might try to do some more stuff, which would be cool. Yeah, so so get that trending. Say, hashtag Kurt is my horror video game podcaster for the No Cartridge Are You Afraid of the After Dark series trending. Right. That's one, that's that's one, one hashtag. That's one big... Uh, and if you do do that hashtag, you get a special little icon that we paid uh, Twitter $200,000 to activate. So... Yeah, it's a picture of Kurt with his rat tail smiling next to the foot emoji. I stole all the money from uh, Trevor's GoFundMe to buy it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Trevor, for allowing us to do such a thing. (laughs) Um, Well, any final questions, Kurt? Any final thoughts about the creepypastas that we've talked about? Uh, No. I, I, I think my final thought would be... I think the reason I like creepypastas so much is because it blends a lot of stuff I love, especially the video game ones. It takes video games. It takes kind of these firsthand accounts, almost blogging like uh, and creativity, just like creating something out of the ether to be scary. Uh, it's It's the classic urban legend kind of thing. It's somebody telling a story about something slightly unbelievable, but just believable enough because you always kind of wish something like that would kind of happen. Yeah, I feel like this is, this kind of feels like my realm. And like, I didn't even know because I didn't read that many video game creepypastas prior. But it kind of blends all the things I love, which are video games and horror and also just like the personal aspect to all of this. Like, None of these were impersonal. They all, except for the Kill Switch was a story, um, and it wasn't about the author at all. But the, all the other ones were very touched by the author's hand, um, and you still see see the marks left by the author in the story. Yeah. So I like that you see that because it is so much about what I've what I've talked about on the show before about how video games are so important to us because of the experiences that we have during during childhood and its importance to us um in the like almost like the formation of our minds and that's why so many of these stories are the games that we grew up playing 
Um, so why we've talked about Mario and Zelda and Pokemon because they're just like the earliest stories that are such a shared experience. Right. And I think that is like the hallmark of horror is like talking about shared experiences. Absolutely. Horror is about togetherness. It is. It's about togetherness and being creeped out together and uh, best experience with somebody else. Horror. Yeah. There's, there's not... There's no narcissism to good horror because it would be totally ineffective if it couldn't be shared. And so that's why I think it's one of the most, um, yeah, Yeah. a a collective experience. And um, I think it's socialist to love horror. You hit the nail on the head. It's extremely, (laughs) it's praxis, right? Anyway, so um, that's why this is on no cartridge because it's it's socialist to love war. It's socialist to love um, video game creepy pasta. I'm I'm so glad that I gave you all a, a free pass to love these things. It's okay now. <laughs> um, that's what everyone is looking for. Is just a, a a thumbs up on their morality. Exactly. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Kurt? I am so sad to see this ending. I'm so sad for it to be the end of the Halloween season, but alas. Alas, things must end, all things. Uh, my final thought is thank you to you and Trevor for letting me come on and steal some of y'all shine a little bit. Oh my gosh, Kurt. Kurt Franklin. Friend of the show, Kurt Franklin. Thank you so much for doing this series with me. I've had so much fun and I've loved... I've absolutely loved how much people have been talking to me about the show and and giving us feedback. Um, It's been incredible. Like, I love that we've gotten to do this together and gotten to share it with y'all. So please continue. And even after this airs, even after the series is over, please send us any creepypasta that you find because we would love to read it. Please. Please do. Sadly, even in the creepiest thunderstorm, in the most haunted house, in the most haunted Luigi's Mansion, (laughs) um, the thunder has to clap one final time in any storm. And sadly, this is it. This is it. Well, for one last time, I hope that you have... The spooky. Oh. Wait, Olivia, Halloween can you do night. one more thing for me? Yeah, what do you need? Could you say Mario in the get your get real close to the mic? Mario. Yes. <laughs> so yes, this this concludes our uh, tale of Mario and. We we do wish you the most loving, um, but spooky yes. Halloween night. Ha- Signing off for four. Are you afraid of the after dark? That's lightning hitting. That's... Good night. Good night. <laughs>